Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. Innovation is a word that's often aspired to, more often overused, and even more frequently missed completely. We're so fond these days of declaring something innovative or someone innovative that what we truly mean fails well short, falls really well short of innovation. I've been thinking a lot lately about innovation. I started to think that somewhere between unique and legacy lies great innovation. So when I wanted to find out what innovation really is, when I wanted to discover where it comes from, I knew I needed to take a moment and talk to a real innovator. Enter my guest today, Edmund Walters. Edmund Walters was the CEO and co-founder. He's right now the CEO and co-founder for Apprise Labs, a next generation financial planning experience for financial advisors to use alongside their clients. In 2000, he founded eMoney Advisors and was CEO and president until 2016. You know greatness when it's appreciated by other brilliant and innovative people. And I can still remember the last interview that I did with our good friend, Judd Bergman, probably about six months before his untimely death. Uh, the cameras weren't rolling yet, and Judd was talking about this new initiative he was working on with you, Edmund, which eventually would become a prize labs. And Judd said, when you're in the same room with Edmund, you don't mind being the dumb guy. So mm-hmm. Edmund, welcome. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us today and have this great conversation. And thank you for having me. This will be fun. Yeah. So Edmund, what, let me, I'll start kind of real big picture. What does innovation mean to you? I think it's adapting to where the, the uh, people are. And in fact, you have to get ahead of them a little bit because they're not ready uh, right away. And you've got to sort of take them in baby steps to get there. An example of that is what you looked at with everyone buying everything on Amazon. Well, Innovation would be getting it, getting the products available on Amazon for the people over 60 and 70. Well, the pandemic took care of that. So with the pandemic, they adapted to it. Now you look at all the 60s and 70 year olds buying their groceries and getting their meds and everything else through Amazon. So, but the hardest part is getting uh, there ahead of it and having a couple versions of the product before launch. So when you're getting to an idea like that before everyone else, sometimes innovation isn't appreciated right away, even when you believe it's a great idea. No question about it. Uh, there's, there's things I've brought out and people have thought it's the craziest, dumbest thing they've ever seen. The clients would never use it. The advisors would never use it. And often they're wrong. Typically, they're home office people. So the, the field is aware of what the customer's appetite is before the uh, home offices are, and unfortunately, software companies like us, we have to sell to the home office. That's a, a real negative. I guess that's my first anti-woke comment of the day. Now, you, when you build a track record, people give your innovations the second, the third, the fourth innovation. You know that 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 time to kind of really grow and mature, but. It must be hard when you think of that first idea to really kind of get rolling. Uh, How did you kind of convince people with your first idea, hey, give this time, it deserves it? Well, I went out and tried to raise money for my first idea with about 100 venture capital people that all told me they wouldn't give me any money because it wasn't a good idea. So I ended up using my own money and my clients who were the ones that were asking for that kind of technology, knowing that uh, I knew they wanted it. So I put everything at risk and ignored what the VC and private equity people said. But you're right, the f- first time out, especially being an ex-advisor, they didn't give me the benefit of the doubt that I could do it. 
I thought it would be difficult dealing with uh, technology people and an advisor without that background wouldn't be able to handle that environment. Well, they were wrong. If, if anything, we're good communicators and we're good relationship people. We can deal with things like that. So innovation requires relationships, but it also requires that confidence you have to not only believe in yourself, but to believe in it enough to say, hey, I know this seems crazy, but what, what in the beginning kind of gives you that confidence to say, this is worth it. You know, let's, let's fly high together. The thing about innovation is if everyone thought it was a great idea, it wouldn't be that innovative. It has to be something that people have a little guarded feelings against. Like even the things I'm building now that will come out in the spring and summer and the things that are out just right now are way out of the box. And when people first see it, they think it's incredibly cool, but then they're like, well, I'm not sure the client would want that. Well, I've already tested all that. I know the client would want that because it's also how I'd want it if I were a client. I, I think uh, this whole pandemic is gonna be an interesting experience to see who survives from the tech side coming out the other end. And I think you're gonna see some of the old stalwarts aren't gonna make it. During this pandemic, the people that were innovating and taking advantage of the lockdown, they were still building, like we were building every day with every engineer. They're gonna come out the other end with something that's innovative and different and a little off base, but it's where the, where the world's going and not sitting back on just polishing up old stuff. Go where the puck is heading. I mean, I, I had the chance to kind of, about 18 months ago or so, um, come down and see kind of version 1.0 of what you're building down there. It's, it, it's amazing, it's incredible, but like you said, it, it must, there's a learning curve because both advisors kind of like the tried and true, it's what got them here. Mm -hmm. And clients sometimes are reticent at the beginning to try new technology, but, you're right. People, especially in this pandemic, have embraced new technology, whether, like you mentioned, it be 60 and 70-year-olds ordering their groceries on Amazon. Yeah. My father-in-law, who's not the most tech-savvy guy in the world, <laughs> had me install a Roku for him recently. So it's they're they're embracing this new technology in a new way. It's, it's, it's amazing to see this happening. Now, you've been in this space a long time, and so have I. Who do you think is on typically more tech literate, the customer or the advisor? Oftentimes, it's, I think it's probably the customer demanding that the advisor go, go in the other direction, right? Exactly. And the other thing about that is if a customer wants better technology, they can go down to Best Buy today and get a computer better than what the rep has. Because the advisor, when they, if you're working at Merrill Lynch, for example, they have 5,000 laptops they have to update. So they don't get new laptops and new software for three or four years at a time. Whereas a customer can get new technology every six months to a year. So often they are more comfortable and they're more knowledgeable about technology than the, than the advisor. Now, the reason I say all that is that's who I think is driving the new experience for financial planning. It's the consumer. So the consumer you're going to see going forward wanting to participate in the process because they're much more comfortable and aware than they were 10 years ago or five years ago. They enjoy working on their computer and it's their future, their plan. We're the designers of it. We create a platform, at least at a prize, to allow the advisor to demonstrate his or her skills. And therefore they're demonstrating his or her value, which justifies the fee. And it changes the game from being commission focused 
and and product focused with investments to a relationship which advisors are great at and an experience which they have to get better at. So they're going to need to have software built for them to be able to go live on screen on video and have a relationship experience co-creating co-designing and 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 co-planning with the client it's their plan and that's a big big jump from where things used to be and and if you said three years ago that was going to happen you'd probably say there's no way but now everyone's doing their doctor visits online people are comfortable with it they call up and have their, their Zoom meeting with the doctor and talk about their aches and pains and, and where it hurts and everything else right online. So the idea of doing video meetings interactively with the customer and allowing them to have the mouse and make changes with you live is what's going to come out the other end of this pandemic. And the tools that have adapted will win. The tools that are still 100% paper, those advisors will move away from them because they can't afford to have all face-to-face -face meetings and grow their business and scale. And they also, the clients will find that antiquated and unsophisticated. Before this pandemic, words like uh, Zoom, even WebEx, you mentioned telehealth and things like that, they, they seemed very foreign and impossible. And now people have gotten used to it and they've gotten comfortable with it. I mean, this idea of the customer driving the experience, yeah. is that something you saw even at the beginning, you know, 20 years ago when you were even beginning e-money, was, was, was the consumer driving the experience in this way? Yeah, so when I started in 83, I was actually a financial advisor and, they, and I did high-end planning and a lot of state work. One of the things that was so frustrating, it was so hard to educate and the client, you didn't know whether they really got it or not, because when you're talking about grats and gruts and all these sophisticated tools, often they'll nod their heads like they understand what you're saying, but you know in your heart, they really didn't get a real good feel for it. They, they really don't know it. And that's part of it's our industry with all the stupid acronyms and the fact we make things too complicated. Then when I started eating money, the idea was I wanted to show them and have it live and interactive, live for them what the plan was. Well, now it's, it's, they can even take the mouse and make some adjustments. Go back to our parents. If my, my dad went to the doctor and they told them, Joe, take two of these five days in a row and you'll feel better, he would have done it in a second. We turn around and say, what are the side effects? Is there a healthier way to do this? How about, is there, can I just change my diet? Or what are the side effects? And then we look it up and, and research it to see what this pill's all about. Well, that's a whole different way of, of working with your advice, your advisors. That's what's so cool about it. So when the people talk about innovation, innovation sometimes is nothing more than watching how the relationships between the advisor and the client and even in other industries goes and saying, I want to take my industry there because my, my advisors that use my products show their value. I believe in advisors. You know, when you look at TV and everyone's taking shots at the advisors and they're in the back, back seat of a limo, getting their laundry and everything else, that's so unfair and untrue. I think real good advisors are the most essential in the, in the whole economy to help people achieve their retirement. That being the case, I wanted to create tools that are interactive and I, my advisors, these my tools, are demonstrating live in front of the client 
and sharing stories and showing the tools that are customized plans for that family. I encourage them to have the spouse there and I encourage them to have the children there because it's the family's future. The tools currently are so controlled by compliance that you have a cookie cutter plan on paper, you take to the client, and if there's one thing wrong with it, whether we missed a, an asset or a growth rate or something, we got to now schedule something two months out. That's unacceptable. Not with today's technologies. So even if you've got to pull in the compliance officer in Zoom so you make the change, you need to be able to do that with your client. It's not fair to the client either. It's really interesting because I think sometimes what advisors forget is the word advisor. They're advising the client there. You know, and I think the that's where the industry's evolved too, is this notion of of advice. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not solution. It's not, here you go. You're going to win with this. It's, it's advice. And, and like you said, it's, it's not cookie cutter. It has to evolve for each individual client. And I think that's always the, the, the light bulb moment for me, when you explain these things to me, it's, it's that, you know, this has to be something that's supple. It has to be something that's, that's um, that can change with what they may need. It's, it's just amazing to me how your mind works to think of these things. But you're saying it begins by listening to what people need and then yeah. innovating from there, but also probably surrounding yourself with amazing engineers that, that can take, take an idea and innovation and, and really make it sing. Right. And, the, and here's the other thing I do that's different is I have my engineers talk directly to the advisors. And I stay, I stay on the phone and keep my mouth shut. So, for example, last week I did a presentation with uh, two advisors at Mass Mutual, real high-end reps that I trusted it enormously. And I'm doing a business succession planning tool now. And I, I wanted to do the demo for them, but I had my advisors on the call, my uh, developers, so that when they then come back and give me the criticism about the tool and things they'd like to change, they're talking directly to the developers. And they're doing so in a fashion of how that experience in the foxhole would be with the client, not things like that, I don't like that color or that font size. It's, I get into the situation with the client and at this at this stage, I need to be able to do this. And that's what they get from one-on-one with their developers on a direct link. And then after that, they keep working with the developers past that point till they're comfortable. And I always tell the advisor, just draw it on a piece of paper what you're trying to do. Don't make it any harder than that. And then stick to the story because planning is about story. It's about taking the client through stages of the story. That seems to work very well. And I've had top reps all over the country like Ron Carson and Neil Slotsky and and they've done one-on-one with my developers. And a lot of the success of the past success has been because of the advisors, not because of me. And having their intellectual property in that tool. The other thing I've been doing lately is trying to get the advisors because the average age is 58 years old for an advisor, but the average age of the client you want to call on is 58. You get to see their plan, obviously. Why don't you lead off in one of the early meetings with showing your plan? I'm the same age. So let me show you what my wife and I are doing. Let me show you the things I'm putting in place. If you like the way I plan for myself and creativity I use and the techniques I use, I can do it for you too. I'm trying to get inside and understand how your mind works. And it sounds like it's a lot of it's about problem solving. It's about, and then coming up with an innovative solution to that problem. 
Yeah. So the client looks at you and says, you know, what, what, what makes this guy so good? Or what, what is it about him that tells me I should work with him? Well, I'll show you my portfolio. I'll show you my estate plan. I'll show you my, how I save and how I make decisions. And I'm your coach. So if I can't do it for myself, I shouldn't be doing it for you. Right. But if yeah. I, but I'm the same age too. I'm, I have the same kids married and in-law issues and, I got the same stuff. I'm going to do the same thing, right? So share, be empathetic and share that. I think that would make the client very comfortable. I shouldn't be putting them in things I'm not willing to go into, and I shouldn't be trying techniques that I'm not comfortable with. When you think, when you kind of come up with new ideas, you know, where, what, what, what's your routine like in a day? Or is it, is it problem solving on the spot? Do, do ideas come to you at random hours of the day? Like I keep a notebook next to my bed and I keep mm-hmm. a notebook next to where I sit at night and read. I'm constantly making notes and thoughts and ideas and, and coming up with things I think would be really interesting or good for the space. And then I probably have uh, 10 to 15 high-end advisors that I have enormous respect for. I would call them up and run it by them, as well as high net worth individuals that I just know from golf or anywhere else where I'll ask them to have a coffee with me and ask them what they think. So the the latest tool I came up with was because after I left, when Fidelity came in, I spent time with very high net worth people that I sought out. And I asked them about their advisor experience and what tools they use and what firms they're with and what they like and don't like about that experience and and how do their wives feel about it and do their kids know about the plans. And as a result of just researching for maybe six months to nine months and finding out what they were really desiring that they weren't getting, that gave me the idea of what to create. And then I went to advisors and said, if I create this, are you going to be comfortable presenting this with your client? They molded it with me, and now I never built anything without probably 75 to 80% of the DNA of the rep in it, the advisors in it. And it's because it has to fit that experience. What's next? You, you conquer mountains, you innovate, you do amazing things. Uh, what, what's the next problem that you're looking to solve or as you continue to have a prize labs evolve with What's, what's on the horizon? Well, on Price Labs, I built the, uh, the 12-month cash flow, lifetime cash flow, and an estate plan. And I'm going to integrate that into several technologies, like a Black Diamond, like uh, all of Investnet, Money Guy Pro, places like that. That tool was finished probably in November in their hands, and I was already bored of it. I was antsy. So I've already started modeling out the business studio. So it's for helping a a business owner look at his employees, including other owners, and look at the value drivers of the company, about the current value drivers, and then where they're going to be in five years with with that talent and how attractive that company will be or not be. And if it's a not be, then what do they need to do today to make that team stronger? Do it on a visual basis so they can see it and it stares at them. So they can see who those drivers are in revenue and in culture and, and expense management and relationship with customers and then drive that. And if we can drive that, we increase value for that company and likelihood of succession. In that same exercise in that studio, 
they automatically can see based on their current ownership positions what a stock redemption, a cross purchase, an ESOP, how they would play out. So we can have real discussions. So instead of spending time creating that experience in a back office for an advisor, we automated all that so that he can spend or she can spend more time face-to-face -face with that customer, with that business owner and problem solve and talk about the current employees and where we need to get some more talent, what's going to make this company grow over the next five years. Right now in the industry, people are walking out there and saying, I want to talk about business succession. Well, not everyone's ready to sell, right? And then, But they're all ready to grow. They all want to make the, the values better. And if we can help families continue to pass on their businesses to the next generation, that would be a really cool last tool for me. And I always look at every tool as my last tool and it never is, I always find something else. But right now that's the one turning me on and it, it looks really cool. I've shown it to reps, they love it. It should be out by mid summer to end of summer. The tool after that, I'm really thinking about looking at the I have some accountants working with me, looking at the tax code and what Biden's going to do when it all gets out there and figure out how we can get people five to six more months. If we can do it by tax efficiency and by integrating that with some planning choices, it would be great if I could help families get six more months, even a year more of their retirement money. Absolutely. That would be a cool tool also to help people. I think there might be the two obsessions and that's what I go through notebooks on. I love it. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I have one more question for you. We end every conversation with a question from my nine-year-old son, CJ. Got it. I usually give him a little bit on what my guest is. We talked. I told him we were talking today about innovation, and he asked me to ask you, what's your advice for a young innovator? How do you get started? How do you think better about innovation? My dad says I should read more nonfiction books. For a nine-year-old who hopefully someday will be as innovative as you are, what's your advice to a young innovator? I look at everything as communication, right? And, and I always looked at everything I saw on TV that was from an artistic standpoint. That would be, why don't I have that in everything I do? Don't settle for anything less than that. So I've even gone out to USC Film School and visited them and saw all their avatars. And then I went with the military and saw how they have computer learning where a person in the middle of the night could have an experience where they're not feeling good about themselves and have an avatar on the computer talking to them to get them off the shelf, the ledge. So I'm always looking at who I admire and think is great at, at integration, at uh, innovation and challenge myself. So obviously Disney is a great one, the things they do. And I always apply other things that I think are clever to why aren't they part of our industry? That's why when I used to see the pharmaceutical commercials about a drug, that's when I created all our videos with Tom Selleck and Ian McShane and, and all these great actors, because I thought we should have the communication tool like that, like the pharmaceutical business does. Prior to that, no one did that in our space. I would tell them to constantly keep your eyes open and be aware of other things you admire as far as creativity and then apply it to whatever the industry or whatever the topic you're, you think is cool. But believe it or not, it's really the Disney's and the things coming out of California that are so brilliant. I actually paid to have some of the guys from Microsoft critique every release I had at eMoney and they were brutal. But they were they were a bleeding edge. So they would see financial services and then they would beat me up and then we'd go to the next level. 
That's amazing. Always look at who you admire and then never be afraid to be vulnerable. Well, I admire you. I've been a longtime fan and I appreciate all everything you've done for this industry. I do not think you're ever going to have one last idea. I think they're going to keep popping into that notebook. So thank you so much for today. This has been a great conversation. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Edmund Walters is the CEO and co-founder of Apprise Labs and is a separate entity and not affiliated with Integrated Partners and LPL Financial.